Hello, guys, and welcome to the very first episode ever of the Avant Garde Show with me, Lauren, and my co host, Sydney. Um, we basically just talk about fashion, like fashion trends, fashion theories, all that kind of boring stuff to other people, but like really <laughs> fun stuff to us. Um, Sydney, do you want to just like start out with introducing yourself? I'm Sydney. I am 20 years old. I'll be 21 later this year, and I am a history major. Um, well, as I said earlier, I'm Lauren. I'm 19, and I am a mass comm major. Let's just talk about like our styles a little bit before we get into it to see if you know anybody's actually interested. Um, I definitely fall under the preppy styles. So I think like clueless, like 90s kind of stuff. Um, Sydney, I know we had some trouble finding yours. <laughs> yeah, we had to do some research because I dress pretty plainly. If I, um, I don't know that it's plain. Like Sydney it's loves a the like and jeans. it's like the Spencer's graphic tees, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Where there are definitely some maybe vulgar is the right word. It's just like people phrases. burning. Uh, like people stabbing each other, people <laughs> burning. Um, just that kind of you know fun stuff that you'd love your children. <laughs> see in but, the supermarket but it's yeah like, it's, it's not nothing like i don't wear like dresses or anything i don't feel need to wear jewelry so it's like but i don't think it's plain because i just okay i just think that sydney has a very specific way <laughs> of dressing like she doesn't have a huge variety of different aesthetics as like i do so you dress very like minimal in the sense of you wear to plain. No, <laughs> no, not plain. Like you wear the same kind of things. Like you wear the same like types of bootcut jeans and you wear the same types of shirts, but you still have a variety in your closet. You have no idea how satisfying it is for me whenever I find jeans that actually, you know, fit me because of <laughs> my legs. <laughs> yeah, she's just so tall that it's just tall. <laughs> and it's so difficult. No, but okay. But yeah, I don't want to deviate too far. Let's just say we, we had started. to do some research to figure out my quote unquote aesthetic. aesthetic, and I can't say the name of yeah, it on it's air. It's not something that we're allowed to say on air. But if you look at our Instagram account, which is the Avant Garde Show, um, again on Instagram, we have our personal style guides where you can see it. It's still censored out, <laughs> but I think if you're listening to us on a college radio station, you can probably you'll figure it you know out. figure out. But Anyways, before we get too far off topic and don't have time to actually cover what we want to talk about, um, we're starting our very first series today, which is the Fashion Theories of Adoption series. I was going to say um, theory series, but then I realized it was going to be a tongue twister, <laughs> so try saying that one ten times over. But basically, for those of you who don't know what theories of adoption are in fashion, they pretty much just tell us how fashion trends move through socioeconomic levels. Um, there are four trends, or four theories so we have however many trends. I don't even know. I can't do math. <laughs> um, eight trends then to talk about. That's insane. But anyways, we don't have enough time to get through all of them today. But we're just going to start with the oldest one, which is the trickle-down theory. Um, it's self-explanatory. Trends start with the upper class. They move down to the lower class. When the lower class adopts them, the upper class changes so that they don't look like the lower class. I don't want to look like those peasants. <laughs> but I, you know, some people might say this is kind of outdated, but actually I would say it still holds up, but in a different way. You have, like, you know, influencers on social media with, like, these big followings, and then people want to emulate their styles. And I see where you're coming from with that, because if you think about, like, with technology especially, right. the celebrity wears, like, say Kim Kardashian wears this dress, and immediately it's all over the internet. Yeah. But where I 
kind of disagree and I haven't really explained it too far. Like I just didn't write it down, but basically with the trickle down theory, it's kind of slow. So like the the trends take a long time to travel throughout the different levels. And with the internet, it's very fast. And I feel like, especially with fast fashion sites now, I don't know, like you just, you kind of get the same sort of things at different price points all at the same time. So with this, it's like, you have to wait for the price to go down, but then now it's like you can see it at different price points, but it's just not the same quality. Yeah. So I feel like in that sense, it doesn't hold up. But I definitely think that there are certain people who wear like, say, the hype beast aesthetic, where it's like Supreme and Gucci and that kind of stuff, right? Where they do kind of follow this. But then with the internet and having so many different ways to access fashion in different trends, there are just more aesthetics. There's various sites to shop from. So I don't know. In that way, I don't think it holds up. But I don't know. Most of the examples that I could find were before World War II. So if if that gives you any sort of context, there you go. Um, The theory was made in the late 1880s. I believe it was 1889, actually. But yeah, I just think it's really important to talk about because it helps us kind of understand today's fashion landscape just a little bit. But okay, the first example we're going to be talking about is actually late 1880s early 1890s which is the Gibson girl era and I think Sydney's going to kind of start us off by talking about maybe the politics or you know the history behind that era yeah this is around the time when women were still trying to fight for the right to vote and they wanted to show themselves as like strong working women that deserve to write the vote but um let's just say some people weren't all into a lot of people weren't all into that and yeah you see charles gibson was an illustrator and he obviously you can tell by the name he made the gibson girls he came up with the idea and he sort of just redirected the energy of the suffragettes into what he considered an ideal woman to be basically a housewife yeah kind of a housewife who likes to party but definitely for her husband's sake um She does some other things, too. Like, she's artistic. Um, She paints, sings, plays instruments, you know, fun things that don't require a lot of work. But she also exercises. So um, she gets that. Um, She can cycle. She can swim, you know, if her husband lets her, of (laughs) course. If she has permission. Yeah. But the biggest, you know, defining factor of this that is why we're talking about it is she was an upper class woman. So just throwing that out there, too. Um, Yeah, pretty much. With In terms of fashion, like, the Gibson girl, uh, the girl, <laughs> the Gibson girl. I can't speak. I already did another radio show today with Sydney. Um, Fantastic Films. If you're interested, at 4 p.m. But I just exhausted myself. But the Gibson girl um, is really where the beginning of Edwardian fashion came in. So like, think about the Swan Bill corsets, like that suck you in, and think about Mary Poppins. Yeah, the Swan Bill corsets where like it took like seven maids to help you get in, and they had the seven maids accessible because they're the Gibson girls. But um, <laughs> think like the hourglass figure. It's still kind of popular today. It's come back, but they wore really elegant dresses and bustle gowns, floor length skirts, and they the bosom. If you've ever seen like the little pins <laughs> with um. Like, the girls with the fancy updos, those are Gibson girls. I think most people have seen them. Um, maybe not, but I don't know. Maybe I'll post a photo on I Instagram like later. I Gibson girl is, like, one of those things you've seen it, but you don't know the exact name of it. Yeah, because, you know, we'd rather talk about the suffragettes. But <laughs> it's like no one points and says, yeah, that's a Gibson girl. That's a Gibson girl. Such a strong, independent woman who had to listen to her husband. Strong, independent woman who does need a man. <laughs> 
she chooses it sydney <laughs> but anyways yeah charles gibson just took this like independent spirit of the suffragettes and completely doled it down um to him women were supposed to be fragile and gentle so he took the whole wanting independence thing and just made it completely based on her sensuality and by that i mean the corsets and like the sort of revealing outfits but not in the way you would think nowadays so it was like just you know accentuating the boobs accentuating the waist and just having that hourglass figure like he thought that they were allowed to do that but they weren't allowed to vote (laughs) right you know i think it's interesting how the trend of gibson girls started because it's not that much different than how as i mentioned before how trends spread now without the internet of course it was that they were usually shown in like magazines articles and a lot of women saw this and they were like i want to be this woman yeah because it really took off like there were certain actresses that started getting like put into these magazines and people were like i really want to be like that people seem to like this type of woman and obviously when the lower class adopts something the rich people don't want to look like that because i mean pretty much that's kind of how they thought but really the really cool thing about this and i didn't say this earlier before we got on air but the gibson girl actually started where his wife was the model for it so it was like yeah his wife was like totally just down with this probably like i don't like the suffragettes either so um let me be your ideal woman so i don't know it's kind of not nice but i don't know it was a fashion trend and it was kind of cute so i don't know but i kind of want to make note of the fact that the gibson girl which was the ideal standard of femininity in this era came from a man's opinion on what a woman should be and um that's just completely Based missing like a drawing, the drawing, no less. Yeah, based on a drawing, and he completely missed the point of the suffragettes, which I just think is kind of ironic, but I don't know, manly, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Gibson girls paved the way for an even more well-known style in women's fashion. So we're going to be talking about that after this break. Um, send in your guesses as to what this next example could be based on the song that we're about to play. So enjoy. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Avant-Garde Show. Um, I didn't check to see if anybody sent in guesses, but hey, if you guessed the flappers, you got it right. If you didn't, sorry, maybe next time. (laughs) But I know we're both even more excited to talk about the flappers, and more people probably actually, you know, know about the flappers. So if you want to just start us off with some historical context, then I'll jump in with, you know, fashion stuff. Okay, so as we know, the flappers came to be in the 20s. Which was after World War One. During World War One, a lot of the husbands were away, and the women had a lot of newfound freedoms while you know, their husbands were we gone. We love that. And they really enjoyed having that, so they made it basically a lifestyle. I mean, you can see already where this differentiates from the Gibson girl, because it's not, you know, based on a man. Um, maybe that's why we're a little bit more excited to talk about it, but... I mean, you have to think, like, with a war economy, there's so much consumerism, oh, yeah. like, booming right after. And I think that's where a lot of the flapper comes from because they're spending so much money in so many different places. They're buying a bunch of alcohol. They're going to clubs. They're going to bars. They're dancing. They're buying the new accessories. Like Not bars. Speakeasies. Yes. 
But yeah, you have to watch Chicago. <laughs> um, another thing is, uh, another thing that gave birth to the flappers is that this was around the time when women finally got the right to vote, so they had more of like a freedom-loving attitude and See, all that. Finally, the suffragettes came through. <laughs> it's like finally. <laughs> Charles Gibson, you couldn't stop it. <laughs> But yeah, they, um, another thing is about flappers is that they kind of just abandon, like, traditional, uh, values, and it was before then that still some of the, like, values that they held in the Victorian times went, was still, like, being upheld by older people, but then flappers said, nope. You've got that Victorian morality. <laughs> Pickies up when you eat the salad. What I loved salad. about, like, what we talked about before is what you said the flapper was, like, what the name came from. Oh, yeah. It was actually meant to be derogatory and meant impetuous teenage girl. Which is going to be my Instagram bio, so check that out <laughs> at Lar Tally. <laughs> I am an impetuous teenage girl. <laughs> I actually really like that, though, because it really does embody the flappers. They got a lot of backlash oh, for yeah. their outfits, for what they were doing, because they were, you know, so out there in terms of where other people were. Um, oh, yeah. Again, like with the trickle down theory, these were relatively wealthy people, like upper middle class. Um, yeah, I mean, they kind of got away with a little bit more than they probably would have if they were poor. But um, isn't that how just how the world works? <laughs> Maybe shouldn't have said that. But I don't know. The flappers were more than just clothing, which is, you know, like the Gibson girls, but different because this was actually, you know, real independence. So they embodied this really carefree lifestyle that's just so important in actually understanding them and the movement itself. Um, right. I already said they danced, smoked, drank. I mean, they even drove cars and, like, right. they explored their sexuality, which is something, like, women weren't doing outside of, you know, marriage or anything like that before this, right. which is really interesting. But um, something else that came from this, like, you have to think that with these sort of movements, you know, actual change comes. So even though it's a fashion movement, these people really did have this sort of lifestyle that was catching on eventually i mean people hated it which i think is why it was catching on yeah but it caused like birth control to become more widely accessible but like for the upper class because of i mean like we wouldn't want to give the lower class any illusion that they have actual rights or choices but i mean birth control is becoming more accessible so there are things that happen because of this that just make the movement so important you know uh you mentioned that they drank out alcohol yes. and stuff like that, right? I think it's ironic that they did that, considering this was prohibition. Oh, era. the history major caught on. <laughs> okay, look, as someone who really enjoys history and stuff like that, I still think prohibition is one of, if not the dumbest things America has done, and that's saying a lot <laughs> because it's America. Um, let's clarify the dumbest things that America has done to its own people. <laughs> to its own people. <laughs> We're not going to get into the foreign affairs. <laughs> but, um, because, I mean, think about it. They I mean, were you're like, right. They were like, hmm, we're going to reduce crime by uh, criminalizing one of the most uh, consumed things. It sounds similar to something that's happened recently that we can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for real, um... You know, uh, people would go to speakeasies. Basically, it was like a little secret bar and stuff like that. So I can still call it a bar. <laughs> In a way. In a way. It's just more fun to call it a speakeasy. I'm a mass comm major. I don't know these things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and another thing is I still think it's hilarious that they try to replace bars with milk bars. It's like, yes, after a long day of work, 
you're going to unwind by drinking a glass of milk. That is so funny <laughs> to me, though. I don't remember. I had a comment about that earlier whenever we were talking about I genuinely don't remember what it was. Like, I just don't remember. It was something about milk. Like, I think it was, like, in relation to one of my siblings or something. Like, I just remembered something. But I don't remember it anymore. So that's probably a good thing if it was about one of my siblings. Right. But, I mean, yeah, like, the milk bars sound really stupid. But, um... <laughs> I think just the fact that it is during Prohibition and they're still doing these things and it's widely known that they're doing these things, maybe there is a little bit of a right for people to look down on them for that. But at the same time, I feel like if I were um, if I were a flapper or like during this time, I would probably be a flapper except for the fact that I don't like spending money. So <laughs> maybe that would have put a damper on it. But I don't know. 1920s Lauren definitely would have like dressed a little bit <laughs> like the flappers do. Um, we were also talking before um, I get too much into like what they actually wore. Like, there were so many people who dressed, like, as a flapper for Halloween this year. So, I don't know if it's just, like, an easy costume to do or if people were sort of catching on to the 1920s sort of theme that I was projecting into the universe, but... I feel like it's... You, you're you right. I do feel like it is a thing that it's easy to do. Yeah. And a lot of people think it, like, looks nice, you know? Very I appealing. think it looks nice. And, you know, you got the shorter dress. That so. might be how I dress whenever <laughs> I go to the calf. So, if you see me in public and I'm dressed like I'm from the 1920s... um. Don't be scared. Um, or any, like don't don't be scared any more than you usually are. I can't <laughs> I can't wear my hair short because I have really bushy, poofy hair. If you've never seen me, um, you probably don't want to. But just I have very Hermione. yeah. Um, luckily, I don't have the bangs anymore. Um, <laughs> anymore. I was dared once in eighth grade to get bangs, and I looked like an ugly version of Emma Watson playing Hermione Granger. Meanwhile, I couldn't imagine not having bangs. <laughs> No, I feel like your bangs are just a staple for who you are. <laughs> if anything staple. is a staple in Sydney's wardrobe, it's her hair, and she can't <laughs> take it off, so she's kind of stuck with it. But anyways, um, not to get too far away from the flappers, because I can talk about myself for quite some time, um, as we know. Um, because dancing was such a huge part of being a flapper, um, changes had to be made in women's fashion. Like, we talked about the Gibson girls and how they wore the long dresses, and when they danced... It was kind of just like the slow dances, like, let's dance with a man. The flappers, like, they dance. Like, yeah, it was very lively. Like, I remember seeing videos of, like, them doing, like, the Charleston. Yeah. And I was like, I would twist my ankle doing that. But the really cool thing is, like, okay, so Coco Chanel is a name that we're going to be hearing a lot of. Um, Nazism aside, Coco Chanel did a lot for fashion. So, I mean, we kind of have to, you know mention those designs but Coco Chanel in- introduced the garçon look which was like a dropping non-essential straight waistline sleeveless tops just think like I mean I'm sure you've seen what a flapper wears but it's just like almost like a potato sack but usually with fringe on it so um I promise it looks good like I know I'm not explaining it well but the huge defining piece in the wardrobe is just the fact that they have really short hemlines <laughs> which yeah. was definitely not okay and I think that's why a lot of people look down actually I don't remember which state it was, but I think there was a state or two that tried to introduce a law where they yeah. had to wear, like, longer skirts. Like, their hemline had to, like, reach a certain length. It's like a school dress code where it's like, oh, it has to reach your fingertips. Except for them, it was probably, like, their calf. But um, anyways, um, because having bare legs wasn't publicly accepted, um, and they did still care about it a little bit at the very beginning, 
They paired their dresses and skirts with sheer stockings, which were held up by garters. <laughs> Eventually, obviously, they ended up rolling down their stockings as a form of rebellion because people still didn't like them, even though they were trying to please other people. So, yeah. You know, um, something interesting you mentioned about garters is oh, no. they had garter flask. Basically, on the garter belt, there would be... Um, Basically, they could attach a flask to it, which would, of course, have alcohol in it. And if you look at a lot of pictures, um, it was seen as, like, a rebellious but also kind of provocative. Because if you look at a lot of photos, uh, it'll be, like, a lot of women, like, rolling out their dresses to reveal their garter flask. And it gives them, as I said, like, this kind of an edge to them. See, I kind of like that. Um, I'm hoping that whenever you turn 21, because we did mention that earlier, that you will... Um, take the time to invest in a garter flask which of course would then require you to invest in a garter but you can borrow mine um you see like this weird like vomit no i have that um, i have the heart the heart one remember like the black one with the silver class part on it that you would never wear (laughs) um i mean if we put a flask on it then maybe you would um i'll definitely be investing in one of those when i'm 21 um liam take notes for my (laughs) 21st birthday because that would be a great present but, um, yeah, I mean, the flappers were super notable because of their backlash. I even would argue that that's probably why they were so popular, in part, at least, is because so many people hated them, which also <laughs> might be why I'm so po- I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, I'm not popular. <laughs> but <laughs> not even, I didn't even say, like, oh, people don't hate me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, their clothing was seen as vulgar, and it was the target of many state laws, as I said before. Um I don't really remember which state specifically, but, I mean, I'm sure this one was one of them. Um, I don't think any of the laws actually passed, though. I think they really tried, but I don't think any of them actually passed. Um, I believe it was Kansas that tried to pass I think law. so. It was definitely There it was were a, a few. State. There were a few of them. I'm sure South Carolina was in the mix there. I, I think, would not be surprised. I think Virginia um, was actually... I'm kind of curious, but um, I probably should have looked that up before I got on air. But, actually, do you remember, like... This had to have been, like, 2016, 2017. There was a state that wanted to make, like, laws again where the skirts had to be a certain length because they oh, were... Really? I didn't hear about Yeah, that. they were upset that girls were wearing mini skirts because they said they were too provocative. But I don't think it passed. It was also a Midwestern state, I believe. No surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, the laws didn't stop the flappers because they didn't work. <laughs> um, but I think it caused more of the youth to sort of jump on the bandwagon because... You have to think with every single decade, the pa- the parents are saying one thing, the children are kind of defying their parents. That happens every yeah. single decade. Oh, definitely, yeah. So I feel like people see the flappers, they see all the backlash, and then they want to be that. Think of flappers as like a, a bunch of rebellious, rebellious teenagers. The flappers are the people that your parents don't want you to be. <laughs> Pretty much. But they have money, so, I mean, I wouldn't mind being the... The rebellious teenager with money. I think it's really funny, though, to note that the flappers literally died, not because of all of these laws that were targeting them and all these people that hated them, not even prohibition, but it was literally just like, okay, stock market crashed, and then bye. Like, it was just like the Great Depression. I mean, yeah. you might have a little bit to say about the Great Depression, I don't know, but the Roaring Twenties literally just stopped. Yet. And because the flappers were so heavily rooted in consumerism, 
they just couldn't survive the stock market crash. Yeah, basically people um, couldn't pay back banks and stuff like that, and there was no money. Everyone went broke. And the thing is, the 20s was very focused on consumerism and mass production, so that caused everything to just crumble in the 30s. I will say another thing that I didn't know about, like, the fashion itself are, like, the headdresses, like, the headbands with the feathers. I also remember, and this isn't to deviate too far from the flappers, um, you probably remember this, too. There is this trend whenever I was a kid where you would wear feathers in your hair. Yeah, Like, there was, like, pop-up stands and, like, at the festivals and stuff, you would get feathers put in your hair. And I'm sure now, like, looking back at it, it's appropriation. But at the time, like, I have... This, the cutest white feather in my hair that my mom absolutely hated <laughs> but i don't know like maybe that's an instance where the 1920s sort of came back for a little while in a way. um not in a good way but you know, um another thing is uh i will say i don't know if this is directly flappers coming back but i will say it is something in a way you know resurfacing so flappers would cut their hair very short right yeah and now you see a lot of people especially people in our you know age group cutting their hair very short or outright shaving i wonder if that's not just like our midlife crises though (laughs) because like with global warming and everything we're probably going to be dying you know in half our lifespan so i mean i think maybe people are just like doing that because they have nothing else to do with covid but um I don't know. I know the flappers wore their hair really short because they were dancing, so they didn't want to get yeah. their hair in their face. So they also didn't want to just take the time to like wear those updos because those updos would take hours. Like you have to think, the Gibson girls wore these like yeah, pompadours and that. chignons. Like, it was like I don't see. It looks like putting together a puzzle because of yeah. like how complicated. I know I couldn't do it. Not with hair my hair. Like we already said, it was bushy, but it's also <laughs> really thick. And I don't think your hair would stand up either because you have like thinner hair. I'd say. So it's like I don't think it would stand for that long. My it actually is very painful to pull my hair back because my hair is actually. I mean, thick. I, I've seen Sydney with her hair back like once in knowing her, and I've known I've known you for what two years now. Like, yeah, I've seen it's, Sydney with her hair back a whole one it is time. Super painful, and the only time I pull my hair back is if I'm eating spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know if you were making spaghetti whenever I saw you. I don't know. It's I just like remember. if I'm like eating stuff that's more like messy, like as I said, spaghetti or macaroni or something. <laughs> that's the only I'm time. genuinely trying to remember if you were eating like spaghetti or macaroni whenever you. I think you were. Like, come that's to think of it, I genuinely think you were sitting on the couch <laughs> eating food, and that's why you had your hair back. But I mean, yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of different ways that we see the flappers now, but other than, like, the Halloween costumes, I don't know. Like, maybe street style a little bit just because they don't have the super form-fitted outfits, and that's right. something with the flappers is, like, they had sort of loose clothes. Like, the garçon look, you know, like I said, with Coco Chanel. But I don't know. I will say that we are going to be talking about the 1960s later on. I believe that's actually next week. And... The 1960s is kind of seen as the flapper revival because you have the same sort of hemlines. Like, you have the boxy figure, which, I mean, right. I, I like it. I actually wore a dress the other day that was kind of similar. It wasn't super boxy, but just saying, like, I don't know. I really like the flappers. <laughs> but I'm try- I'm genuinely trying to think. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know any, like, trends now. That would be flapper, but like if you think about the Great Gatsby, that's definitely flappers. We were oh, talking definitely. about um anytime I think of flappers and like the um, speakeasies and stuff, oh, I 
I have a personal vendetta against Art Deco. Same. I'm sorry, Lana Del Rey, but it just, I don't like it. I just really don't like it. I don't know. It's just like everything I like, it's absent in Art Deco. I just, I don't like, um, okay, I like color blocking in some senses, but I don't like primary color color blocking because I I feel like. I feel Let's like it. Play building blocks. That literally, that's what I was gonna say. I said I was gonna say it feels like very childlike, but not in, not in a bad way, but like in a kindergarten garden teacher would wear it kind of way. It's like the, that makes sense. I think like the only thing I like about Art Deco is when it comes to architecture. <laughs> and that's like completely... I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I don't. I'm not too familiar um, on different architectural think styles. Think of the like Empire Gothic State Building. Okay, that's, I like that's that. I don't know. I kind of sometimes I like Art Deco jewelry, but that's about it. But I don't know. If you're trying to think of um, if you're trying to think of famous flappers, um, Zelda Fitzgerald is a huge one. Um, with that's the cool thing about flappers. There are way more famous flappers than there are famous Gibson girls. Yeah, right. But because Gibson girls were too busy being at home. Yeah, they were too busy being at home, and they spent like. Okay, this is an interesting fact that I probably should have talked about earlier, but with the Gibson girl, like, you know how I was telling you they have the Swanville corsets? Oh, uh, yeah. Guess how long it takes them to, like, fit them to, like, fit them how they're supposed to be? How long? Five to seven days. They're, oh like, they gosh. have multiple women. They have at least four maids helping them pull them together, and each day they do it as clasp tighter until they get it all the way oh, in. No. Which just goes to show that women would go to such lengths to please men even though it literally hurt them and that's not to say that like fashion can't hurt because i definitely wear things that aren't comfortable just for the sake of fashion but like i do it for myself so you know um that, you know how like you know it's, it's like stereotype that women and they're more like uh, weaker yeah stuff like that it, that actually like more came, submissive kind of uh this might be turning back the clock of it but it was a little more common in the victorian era they had fainting couches because women they would you wear told their, me about that yeah they would wear their corsets so tight they they would have yeah. very shallow breaths and whenever they were like just going up the stairs or something they would faint my asthmatic self can't <laughs> go up the stairs without a corset on I have one corset and it's not even that tight, so I couldn't imagine. But I will say it looks really pretty, so I'd be I'd be willing to like try it out so, for a day. I wouldn't wear one, but I don't mind the way it looks. I've always wanted to go to a masquerade ball, so if I were going to, I would go all out. Like I would wear a corset and I'd like I'd hurt myself for the most five to seven days. Extravagant dress possible. I would, except for I don't have money. You see, that's the big thing. Like. I say, oh, it would be so difficult to be a Gibson girl because, like, men controlling me and stuff. But really, it's just the fact that I don't have money. Like, <laughs> enough money will make me do anything. <laughs> I hope nobody's anything? listening to this. <laughs> we'll talk about this off air. But I will say, whenever you were talking about the fainting couches, I looked them up whenever you told me about them. And, like, as bad as it kind of is that women had to have fainting couches, they are kind of pretty. Yeah. Like, like, some of them look really cool. Are you looking it up? Yeah, it's like, um, they do look pretty interesting. It's like, um, I don't know. I really like the Victorian era. I tried to look it up, too. I tried to look it up, too, and the the first result was, it said, fainting couches for sale. (laughs) So maybe some people are still into that. They have them on Wayfair. I don't know if you saw the scandal on Wayfair, but apparently they, um, they were like child trafficking oh, or yeah, something. I, saw that I don't. One. <laughs> I don't know. If that's something to laugh about. Okay. Since. Okay. Here's the thing about that one. That one it actually wasn't true. Okay. So what? what I didn't was follow going up on, on it. So 
what sometimes happens whenever on like online shopping sites when they're out of stock they actually hike the price really high yeah. and just so people won't buy it and they were just using like generic names for it and i remember there was this one video one of the girls that everyone thought was missing she made a tiktok basically cussing everyone out that saying i'm really not funny. missing what are you guys talking i'm gonna about? tell you something else that's kind of messed up like you know how you were saying the feigning couches were like women wear the corsets and they fall over and stuff there's one that's listed on rooms to go and it's uh, it's listed as a kid's fainting couch. So uh, I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know who's forcing their children into corsets, or maybe it's like like it's this. Okay, I know like we don't need to talk about this, but I need to talk about this. Like I would say that it would be like oh, if a mother who's wearing a corset is in her child's room, she falls on it. But it's like a baby size fainting chair so i don't know who's letting their children faint and just lay on a sofa i will will say one thing another thing about corsets is that they actually had versions of them for pregnant women do they actually yep that's an that is not Uh, okay maternity corsets and they like just suck in the baby (laughs) i guess so i don't Um, like that that makes me feel really uncomfortable really fact check that because i have to see it's like but it was really screwed up. I can't believe... I don't remember. When did, like, corsets die out? Do you have any idea? Oh, God. Um. Well, okay, so the Ed- there are different kinds of corsets. So the Edwardian one, as I said, was the Swanville corset, which is more commonly referred to as the Esville corset. It died out with the Gibson girls. Oh, right. So um, it started with them and ended with them. So it was in the very early 1900s before the flappers or even the late 1890s cuz i believe the gibson girls lasted for about 10 years ish don't quote me on that but <laughs> it was like about 10 years i will say those are the most common types of corsets so if you're like just saying corsets in general people are probably going to just assume that you're talking about the edwardian style but they also have victorian style corsets which i'm not as familiar on but i know you like victorian sort of style Heck yeah so we're gonna definitely talk about that at some I'm point excited um but yeah those are two different things so i know a little bit more about the edwardian style but yeah they kind of go in and out though because corsets yeah. became really popular again like more recently like if you think about early 2000s which uh, again another topic that we're probably gonna have to cover at some point which about early it's gonna be really well. fun imagine the music we're gonna play oh that's gonna be fun <sighs> but um, black eyed peas <laughs> i said spice girl spice girls black eyed peas i was singing the spice girl song um <laughs> but earlier but um we don't need to talk about that because i don't want to i recorded it don't worry no you didn't <laughs> yes i did if you did, um, I, I have to be your friend forever now because I do not want to, like, to get blacklisted. <laughs> I, I, like, try to join a PR company and then you send it and I get fired before I even start. <laughs> I'm looking up, like, corsets now and there are so many different kinds that, like, I probably should have known about, but... But I found the I maternity know. corset. It it didn't like suck in the baby. It's weird. Okay. It sounds like. So what what did it do? I was thinking like an at home abortion kind of thing. <laughs> oh it's like because you said suck the baby. No, no. But uh, it doesn't really seem all that like. She's showing it to me right now. Yeah, I no, wish, that doesn't look very restrictive. Yeah, I wish there was a way I could like share the pictures it's that like, I find with anyone listening. It, it's like a corset, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's, it's just, just there. So maybe it's just so that people can like not feel left out, like the rich people, because people <laughs> genuinely care about that. 
I'm gonna be honest. I couldn't imagine. Okay, because like people wore a ton of like layers and stuff like that at the time. I couldn't imagine because I already don't like wearing a lot of layers. Like the most I do is t-shirt, jacket. That's it. But I couldn't imagine like what three layers of a dress and then on top of that you have a corset. Like what is it like during the summer? They have like I don't even know how many layers they have. Like they too have, many. They have way too many. But. I, I imagine, like, they were forced to stay home for the most part, so they didn't have to worry about, like, being outside exercising in the summer. Like, yeah. they didn't really work, so mm-hmm. they don't have to worry too much about that. I mean, the people who were who did have to work, I don't think their main focus was following fashion trends, <laughs> um, which is something that I so would argue holds up today. I mean, that's kind of what we said the flappers <laughs> did, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> I'm looking at, like, photos of corsets right now. Um, there are so many different kinds. Um, granted, right now I'm looking on Wikipedia, which, despite what people might say, is a very trustworthy source. Um, okay, Wikipedia hack. Um, if you go on Wikipedia for a topic that you want to talk about, yes, it can be edited, so you probably shouldn't cite Wikipedia as your source. You might get points taken off. But there are references at the bottom, which you can then look at and then get actual quality sort of information. So I'm sure you all knew that already, but pro tip, life hack, if you needed to know that. I'm trying to look at corsets. Nothing beats when I went to a Renaissance festival and they had pirate corsets for sale. (laughs) I'm looking at this right now, and apparently... In 1968, there was a feminist Miss America protest, and they were throwing, like, feminine products into a, quote-unquote, freedom trash can, and corsets and girdies were also being thrown away, and they were called instruments of female torture. So, um... I mean, not gonna lie, but if you just look at a corset, like, all these, like, old diagrams of them, they do kind of look like, uh, torture devices. But the end result is all that matters. Yeah, you get your organs squished. Yeah, don't um don't listen to me if you're a pregnant woman because I I'm not a doctor. But um yeah, they were called instruments of female torture and they were trying to argue that um these sorts of things forced femininity, which I mean to be fair, whenever we did talk about the Gibson girls, that is kind of what they were doing. Granted, it wasn't It was traditional femininity, which isn't the only kind of femininity, but Charles Gibson's ideal version of a woman apparently could only do things when given permission. So (laughs) um, I don't know if that's something that we really want to adopt today. Um, Whoa. Okay. So in the 1990s, um, corsets became popular again, and they were worn as outerwear, which is something that I was kind of going on about with the 2000s fashion. Yeah. and by 2010, corsets had become newly popular again. So, I mean, today, like, you see corsets in, like, sort of, like, lingerie as outerwear. So, I mean, that's something I'm not completely opposed to. But I will say, like, some people, like, like please dress how you want to dress. Um, I'm not a very, like, smart person <laughs> a lot of the times. So don't take my word for literally anything. But I can't do, like, the brown corsets with, like, denim. Like, I I just don't think corsets and denim work, especially whenever they're, like, very decked out. Yeah, I I wouldn't mix jeans and corsets. But do you want to just talk a little bit more about, like, 
the trickle down theory like we were earlier about like kind of where we still see it and that kind of stuff because i actually do think it's really interesting that you brought up like how celebrities still influence fashion because they definitely do um i just think it does i i don't know that it follows so much under the trickle down theory yeah as it does maybe some of the other theories that we're probably going to talk about later I wish I could think of specific examples. The only thing I can think about is that stupid dress that went viral years ago where people were like, it's uh, gold, or no, it's blue. Well, I don't know if anybody, like, wore it, though. Oh, people did buy that. Did they? Yep, they actually, uh, lots of things where people were, like, wearing it out and stuff. I hate that. It's like, it wasn't even that good of a looking dress. I'm Like, like look, dresses aren't my thing. They're my thing. Yeah, they're more Lawrence thing, but, like, I did not like the way that dress looked like. Usually I don't have an opinion on them there, but that dress was ugly. You say that you don't have opinions, but then I, like, I have to ask Sydney's opinion for, like, every outfit that I put on because, well, I genuinely care, one, and two, like... I know that Sydney will be completely honest with me, but today I was just not having it. So I, I, I got my outfit together and I was like, Sydney, please just tell me that it matches. And Sydney, Sydney said that it matched. So whether or not it's true, I now have validation from an I mean, external source. It reminds source. me of an autumn forest with a cloudy sky. I don't know why that's the color. <laughs> the color doesn't mean See, I made me that. think of that. I don't it's, know what it's it is. It's literally, I'm wearing pink socks. Okay, Doc Martens. Well, I put the pink socks on <laughs> afterwards. I just hoped that you would approve. Um, please do. But I have no. pink socks. <laughs> no, now I have to hide my socks. <laughs> I have pink socks, Doc Martens, a like gray dress, and then a sort of mustardy yellow sweater on top that definitely has a hole or two in it from where it got snagged on my <laughs> zipper. But yeah, you have this outfit all put together. Then I'm over here just like t-shirt, Sydney jeans, has jacket, the best coat on right now. It's Worst like chance. I said, it was like Death Eater Hogwarts <laughs> Death Eater. kind of like definitely something Snape would have in his wardrobe <laughs> and in the best way possible. But really okay i think that's all that we have for today sorry for our sort of rambling but yeah i think we kind of covered everything so next week we're going to be talking about the trickle across theory where we're going to be continuing our discussion on like sort of hype beast kind of stuff we're going to be talking about 1960s mod style 1980s power dressing so stay tuned for that um look us up on instagram we're the avant-garde show so yeah um Tune in next week if you are at all interested, and if not, tune in anyways, because maybe you will be. (laughs) Bye!